Well, hello. I like how some are just waiting, and others are like, I know he's going to say sit down, so I'm just going to do it anyway. You can be seated. (laughs) Well, I hope you are doing good. Um, If you are not, uh, you are going to after this, all right? Okay? If you're not feeling good, I I believe that you will when you walk out those doors tonight. I I have an excitement in my spirit, an excitement in my heart for the word that God planted, uh, because I had something totally different in mind. Um, and he said, no, that's not really, you're, you're missing the point there, Jared. That's, that's what you think you should do because you've got a chaotic schedule and you're trying to do what you know best. And he flipped it on my head and I'm really excited to share this word. Um, and I think it's really cool. Um, I, and I'm just going to say, it doesn't have it up there, but welcome to March. Has anyone seen that in the video before when praise, the first song starts? Has anyone seen that sneaky little bit other than Talia because you see it during the week? <laughs> it's, that doesn't get, anyone seen that bit? You don't see it. If you're here at the beginning of the, the video on the ring out, it's like really quick and it goes, welcome to March. And we, we had a little bit of a laugh at that because I thought it was kind of funny. I was like, that's odd. It's like we're reaching our world, but we're just being welcomed to March. Um, and I don't, know if, I don't know about you, but I think the Sunday that it came out, the first Sunday in March, I was like, I needed that. I needed a welcome to March because we were chatting during the week. Someone went, oh, it's, it's March tomorrow. And I went, What? Did anybody feel like that, that quote that went around on social media was like, why does it feel like January was 150 days and tomorrow it's March? Yeah. I just, right? So I feel like they prepared this segment in advance last year knowing that all of us would feel like March just snuck up on us, right? So that's, that's the way I feel. So welcome to March, right? Everyone say welcome to March. Welcome to March. And if you didn't know it was March, we're two weeks into it, so you should, you're catching up. <laughs> um, I love this theme because it actually goes with our theme for the whole year for the church. It's the first year that our church has done the whole theme. Does anybody remember this that came out at the beginning of the year in January, the 150-day month? Um, hashtag for the one. Um, has anyone hashtagged that yet? A few. Some. This card has. Um, I, I, I love this. I keep it in my Bible here to remind me that I have ones. Um, and just one thing, excuse the pun, um, as I really wanted to, to share just a little bit that at our creative team, I felt like God like, added to that a little bit. He, well, he multiplied. He gave us a word for the year, multiply. So that, imagine if you take this card, and I know there's five spaces for five ones, but imagine if we just focused on one person this year, and we did it so well that we made disciples so good that we taught them how to get ones, but that one stayed in the house for their life and made more ones and so on and so on. And the, the, the crazy equation with that is that if we all had one here, let's just say by the end of the year, our church would be double by the end of the year. Um, but not only would they stay in the church, they would be now teaching someone to teach about staying and keeping and growing one person. So if we only had one person a year... Um, this church would be ginormous in no time. So I just want to almost remove, like, let's say you don't have five. Just one. And do it right. Disciple them to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And this place will be overflowing. But we'll see crazy, radical change in Redcliffe and beyond. I know it. Um, so I just wanted to go to that. So we're going to reach our world, right? So uh, if you want, you can grab uh, Matthew five thirteen to 16. You don't need to put it on the screen yet. Um, but... I got some unusual props here. I don't know if you're like me, but I love trying to figure out what the preacher is going to preach on when he, they bring out weird items. Anybody else do that? Yeah. I, do, I love doing that. It's like trying to figure out what a movie is going to finish like, and then you're like, oh, I can see what's happening here. And it gets to the end, you're like, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> right? So um, 
I don't know that you're going to see what's coming, but I got some, some buckets here. Um, I got one candle, and I think I picked the worst Sunday um, to do this analogy, but we're going to make it work. Um, our lighting crew have been doing such a good job. The lights have just been st- they're stuck where they're at. Um, technical difficulties, I think we're believing for a new desk. Amen. Thank you for that purchase order. Brand new computer, so that we got moving lights, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, 50G, I'll take that. Anybody, kingdom builders? Just saying, just saying. Okay, no, I'll ask somewhere else, that's fine. Um, but I just wanted to have this going here. It looks like it's been burnt for about 20 minutes, so I should have about two hours and 40 minutes left, because they're like three hours, right? Okay, that can go in there, because that's the only safe place to put that. So we have, uh, we have one light here, um, and it's going to go with... This, this idea, I love, first of all, I love the story. Anybody seen the ad that came out like talking about how amazing the human eyes are? And it's like, oh, you can see uh, the flame from a single candle from like 30 miles away. And it's like literally not true. Because um, <laughs> I Googled it and I researched a lot. And all of the articles that came up were all from like crazy, crazy uh, scientists that are like, that's not true. Because this and this and this. And I'm going, oh, wow. This is, okay, and I could go to another one. They've explained the same equation. Okay, uh, right. So it's actually 2.8 kilometers. We can see, if there's no, no obstruction of any kind, no lights getting in the way, we can see that candle from 2.8 kilometers away with our own eyes. That's 280 football fields away. Like, just to put it in real terms. And I, I tried to find a spot close to us to explain it really well. So if Dave took that candle and just walked straight down King Street here and just kept going all the way to the beach, that's exactly 2.8 kilometers. I was like, thank you, Jesus, for that measurement for my sermon. Um, <laughs> we would be able to see Dave over there singing this little light of mine, right? <laughs> just standing there, this little light of mine, yeah, I'm going to let it. He'd be, we could see him. We could see the light. That's nuts. That's crazy. I just, I find that absolutely mind-blowing, that God created, like, why? I don't think we'll ever really need that ability. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but thanks, Jesus, that's cool. What else do we have we don't know about? But I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep that with you. And the reason why I wanted to have it up here is it's very calming, isn't it? Candles? Yeah. Right? Like, if you go to someone's house and you don't know what it's going to be like, and um, you don't know what it's going to smell like, um, and there's a candle on, immediately you're just like, sweet, it smells good for one um, and it's warm, it's calming, it's a warm light, so it's like, I'm at peace, I'm at ease. I love fire, and it reminds me of um, the feeling of fire and light. Uh, anybody love camping? Yeah, so the best part, hands down, no matter what else you do, is sitting by the fire, right? It's the best. Um, and Bear Grylls, he's one of my uh, icons, right? So uh, he's, a bit, he's a bit out of date for the younger generation, but he was just the best, right? And he, every time... He'd go through, it was like, I just got to start a fire, and then everything would be fine, right? <laughs> None of his situations were ever fine, but he had a fire and he was good because he believed that there was something, in Bear Grylls as a Christian, he believed that there's something spiritual about a fire that, that helps lift the burdens of the situation you're going through. You're warm. If you're in the pouring rain, I remember camping. It was the first time we went camping since I've been married, so it was our five-year anniversary, and Nicole and I decided to take uh, our two kids camping um, yeah, I don't know whose idea that was. Anyway, um, long story short, it ended up bucketing down rain with this old tent. It was ridiculous. Um, I was cold in the middle of the night. I'm out there. like It's storming, not raining, right? Like what we've had recently. Like It was bad. So I put, ran out in the middle of the night, putting the tarp over like that, and I'm cold, jumped back in bed. 
wake up the next morning, and I'm going, uh, and I covered the fire, right, so I could save some coals, uh, even though I had matches, I just wanted to prove a point. Um, <laughs> so I woke up the next morning, everything's just muddy everywhere, the kids are getting just covered in like red, just muck, it's just bad, their shoes are still stained from it. Um, but I got the fire going from coals, right, so from wet wood, wet timber, wet trees, I got it going, and every man goes, ugh, yeah, thank you for my ego boost, it was great, it was awesome, felt like a man, it took me an hour, I think, but (laughs) I got it going nonetheless, and immediately, everything was fine, right, because there was this fire, you're warm, that's the amazingness of fire, there's light at nighttime, you have light, everything, everyone's attracted to the fire, right, I just love that, so why don't we open up to uh, Matthew 5, 13 to 16. Um, Let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you um, just speak uh, power tonight, Father God, that that you would would come and speak to each heart, Lord, that um, if there are anything obstructing, Father God, in our lives, Lord, that you would come and remove those from us, and we just come and we lay everything before you tonight. Holy Spirit, speak to us, soften our hearts um, and our ears to hear your voice tonight, Lord God, and we just thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, have we got that scripture up on the screen? I'm going to move this. Is this going to be easier if I do this? I need more room, right? Having a lapel, it's kind of like having the full authority of a microphone, but with zero responsibility. Um, So this is, I I love this. This is, reach your world, right? So I I went into this thinking, I'm going to talk on this because I have a passion for being the light in the industry, in the music industry. If you didn't know, I'm a country singer, so we do that, blah, blah, blah. Um, I can explain more later, but we won't do that. We'll save you. Um, Ange, if she's here, she's like, thank you. Don't talk about country music. (laughs) She's downstairs. That's probably where she wants to be. Um, (laughs) I love this passage. It's honestly probably one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Because, and and the message is my favorite. Look Look at the first thing Jesus says. Let me tell you why you were here. It's a pretty bold statement already. Hello, you need to li- let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? It's all pending on us. You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Okay, you don't understand that? Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. It's my favorite. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I have put you there on a hilltop, on a stand, shine. And this next bit is what my wife and I pride ourselves on doing, um, particularly with reaching our world that are not Christians yet. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. I love this. I love this passage. I think I could just talk about it all day long because it's so powerful, and it's actually just, it's really encouraging. Um, yeah, that's right. I'll leave, we'll leave it. I could, again, sorry, I'm poor to mouth, and I could talk about it all night. Um, so do you get the candle thing? It's the light. You get it? Do you think you have the whole message figured out yet? Okay, that's good. <laughs> you know, so, I, like, there's a, the analogy that I thought I could get my cool lamps up here. Um, so I, I don't want to go on and on and on about the analogy of light. I think we kind of get that. 
Um, I don't want to go on and talk. There's, you know, we could talk about different types of light, like, you know, being solar power light. We're using God as the sun and he, he gives us the light and the energy and the strength. And that's how we shine light. There's that kind of type. Uh, I thought that was particularly cool. Or the floodlights. I think this is like every father who has, has daughters um, that sneak out in the dark at night. Pete, Mal, um, <laughs> me. Um, they're like the floodlight type. So like, when, when someone's in the darkness and doing something wrong, they're off, they're waiting, they're the censored floodlights. Anybody experience those? And then it's like, you move in front of them, and it's like, bang! <laughs> you know you're not supposed to be living your life like that. It's like, whoa! All right! Okay, that's floodlight being a light in the world, okay? I don't, I don't know if that's the way we're supposed to do it. There's vintage bulbs. I think that's kind of like every hipster Christian, Right? Like every cafe for like seven years needed vintage bulbs in their cafe. And now the new theme, I was just talking about it, is like indoor plants. That's the thing, you have to have it. Vintage bulbs, we're just the uh, hipster Christians or creatives. Let's just drink coffee and like create stuff for God. That's a vintage bulb, right? Or there's a laser beam. I'm pretty sure Pastor Sam has a laser beam. I just, I just think it's to the point, direct. Um, you know what I mean, right? Um, or maybe it's Pastor Carolina. Like she's... she's right so that's being the light and nobody wants to be a fluorescent school light but like these things when they turn these ones on nobody turn them on please i think the reason why they're under the stairs in a closed door is because as soon as you turn them on it's like oh this this roof is not really good that good looking like you're right so because they're ugly lights and and they have a they have a a transformer in them like a starter motor so we don't want to be like a fluorescent school light when you flick them on and they kind of, sometimes they come on, sometimes they turn off. You switch them on, it's like 30 seconds later, they're not on yet. Yeah. Nobody wants to be that Christian, that kind of light, all right? No, you don't, no one wants to be a school light. Even though we're praying for the school industry, maybe we'll pray for better lights. Um, I prophesied, like in Jesus' name, that teachers are not that type of school light. They're not that type of light in the world. Um, I believe, personally, that I'm probably one of these mover lights, Right? Have you seen them in action? Like you actually have not seen them fully in action. Like, so they can start off really slow. They can walk you through the relationship with Jesus Christ. Just take it easy. I can give you one light out of the whole thing. And then if you get moving, you know, they're starting, all right, come on, we're getting this now. You're starting to eat some of the, you're starting to understand, right, I'm with you and they're flaring everywhere and they're going with you and they're leading. Someone else comes in, doesn't understand what church is about. All right, we'll just go take it easy. <laughs> take it easy. I believe I'm one of those. Maybe not. Um, I think my wife is shaking her head like, seriously, this is your preach? <laughs> Talking about mover lights? <laughs> the fact of the matter that I want to get is it actually doesn't matter what kind of light you are. Um, there's amazing LED strips there. I think that would be like, I wish I had the remote in my pocket. That would be Talia because I could just change the, the color of it to pink if I wanted to, right? right? That would be Talia's hair, that kind of light. Awesome light. Um, or you could just be a single candle. I have a feeling this is going to go out sooner than I intend. Maybe it's a cheap Ikea one. It's all right. It actually doesn't matter what kind of light it is. Um, and I'm not here to talk about the type of light, because I think we get the analogy that we are to bear the light of Jesus Christ in a dark world. Um, I want to hit this story from a different element. I want to talk about buckets. <laughs> I don't think you guys saw that one coming. Um, maybe you did because there's five weird buckets on stage. Um, it doesn't matter what kind of light you are. If you put a bucket over it, 
you're not going to see it anyway, right? So if you're an amazing, extravagant preacher, worship leader, uh, amazing host team, or out in the world, an incredible lawyer, executive in in the business world, doesn't matter what kind of light, if you've got a bucket over it, you're never going to be effective. If I, did, if I did this to any one of the lights that it would fit on, you'd see the same thing. Those are extremely way more powerful than that. But if I put a bucket over it, you wouldn't see it anyway. I want to talk about buckets because I, I felt like I was reading this passage going, yeah, I'm going to talk about light and what that looks like being in the country industry and I'm going to explain that. And if you ever want to talk about that, that's fine. We'll, we'll go into more of that. But I feel like we're never going to reach our potential that God wants for our life to be a light in the world if we're carrying and holding a bucket over our light. We're never going to reach God's potential for our lives. So if you're cool, I'm going to hit this from a different angle. I feel like I've, I've gone halfway through my preach already and I've just told you about a bucket. Um, these buckets are nasty, right? These, and these are actually pretty good looking ones. Um, they've had a lot of years of collecting rain in this leaky roof. Um, so we got one there. Got a... Maroon, purple, and colorblind, leave me alone. Not really. I got five buckets here. I'm going to talk about five buckets. Um, the title of my message is, excuse me, it's a little bit morbid, but we're going to, I, want it, I want you to get this. It's called Let's Kick the Buckets. <laughs> yeah? Sounds fun, right? Um, that, that's what I want to talk about is let's kick the buckets. These buckets are so, so nasty. I mean, you just, there's... They're old, right? Like, I don't even... I know some of that's paint, but some of... I don't know, the darker colors. It could be, it could be mud. It could be something else, too. I'm not... Um, I'll just hold it on the handle the whole time, right? Um, I mean, they're gross. Uh, they're ancient. These buckets in our life, uh, they're, 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 they're dark. They're deep. They're lonely. Um, and we can just go about our lives just collecting more. You know, um, just walking through life and filling them with things that suit a, an ugly bucket. Um, and let me tell you something is that you actually don't have to go looking for them either. Because we have an enemy, and John 10.10, 10, yes, is, he, did, he does what? He came to kill, steal, and destroy and provide you buckets. <laughs> That's the Jared Porter translation. <laughs> JPT. Um, I'm going to have some more of that, right? <laughs> we, don't, we don't need help finding them. Um, and I love that, you know, that, that our only, that quote that is, I don't really know where it came from. I researched it and I just still don't believe it. That our only limitations we have are the ones that we place on ourselves. Um, we have so many excuses and buckets in our lives. Um, and the thing that I love, that if we look at that passage, if you pull that up, Adam, please, um, is that Jesus is talking, he says, if I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? So Jesus doesn't provide or put a bucket over our light. These are buckets that we grab for ourselves. So I want to talk about five big buckets, and I want to move on because I believe these are the things that, like God, like these, these are holding us back from so many things in our life that we want to shine this light regardless of what it is, regardless of how big it is or effective it is, it's still the light that God has given us each individually, and it needs to shine. It cannot hide under this bucket. 
That little kid's song of, of this little light of mine is such a, it's a corny old Christian song, but it's a powerful one, and it's one that I remember even when I'm going to music festivals and other locations where I know there is zero light in that room, spiritually speaking, that I cannot afford to carry a bucket over my light. I cannot afford it. The first one, I want to go to the biggest, what I think is kind of the meanest one. And I'm going to use this one because um, I have another, another mean bucket for the end. The first one is fear. First, the first that I feel like this is such a powerful, manipulative, ugly, disgusting, vile bucket that we can choose to grab and put, put over our light that God has given us. We tell ourselves... I'm so afraid that I'm, I, that I'm going to fail, that I'm not even, it's not even worth the effort of going through it. I'd rather hide here under this bucket than risk failure for the sake of the world. We, we have fears that are consuming us at every point that we, we bring this bucket over. And we think it's a safety net because it feels better than stepping out in that fear. You know that um, there's so many phobias. I couldn't even get a, an, I couldn't get a single number on how many phobias there were. Right, like so. Some of you, if some of you have these, I'm not gonna. I'll try not to laugh, but um, I think a lot of people here in Queensland, particularly, have this one. Um, and I know that my wife has this one, um, and particularly maybe uh, Josh. I think your wife has this too. It's bonophonophobia. Um, it's the fear of toads. Right, cane toads. How many people have got the? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it freaks out. I can just fake that there's, like, there doesn't even have to be anything on the ground, and I'll just say cane toad, and she flips out, right? It's not a true fear. It's not a true phobia. There are phobias for phobias, like, ridiculous, just endless lists of reasons for people to be consumed by fear, to stop them from something. I had a friend who was legitimately afraid of birds. She'd start crying if birds came too close to her. Like, I don't know what it is. Now, I'm not saying that that's funny, like, it may sound funny in a comical situation. And, I mean, some, I'm holding the bucket here, so maybe it is funny. You can laugh. It's all right. But, <laughs> but um, these fears, there's so many, so many of them. It hurt, falls under fear. The fear of being hurt again. That is a powerful thing. Memories of the past that cause us to be afraid of stepping out. There's so many subcategories for fear. And Andy Stanley, uh, pastor of... Um, North Point in Atlanta, Georgia. He's, he believes that fear is the most powerful emotion in existence. If you think about it, it's just, it is the most gripping thing. It is the most powerful tool that Satan has against us, is fear. So I believe that God wants to break fear from people's lives tonight. You may have a fear that you didn't even know it was there. But I, I, I pray that God is going to show an element so that, because in perfect love there is, what, there is no fear in perfect love. And there is perfect love in this room here tonight in the name of Jesus. And I believe that fears will be broken off of people here tonight. Second one. And I think this one's just, this is, this is ugly. So we're going to go on this. This one doesn't even have handles. Um, I think the devil just puts this one straight over the top of us. So I'm glad I got a bucket with no handles. Is pride. The second one is pride. These are just now, now I don't, mean to come with condemnation at all. I, I hope that the Spirit of God comes and, and touches and speaks to you to reveal things personally with Him 
This is not about me coming with a list of stuff so we go home feeling like junk. <laughs> it's so that God can remove the junk and go home feeling like I have just been set free and broken free and now I can shine a light and reach my world. Pride says, I've got this. I'm not afraid. I've got all the giftings and talents I need. It, pride trusts in its own strengths. I actually don't really need God's help in Western culture. And to be really honest, we probably don't. Apart from spiritual stuff, right? And going through things. We could, we could make it through Western culture without God. We can do church without God if we're not careful. That kind of just messed with some people's heads. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, offense falls under pride. There's an endless reasons to be offended, um, to take offense, to hold a grudge with someone, needing attention or needing someone to need you. Not having the inability to say no to things because you need to be needed is a form of pride. I need to be needed by something. It does not give room for forgiveness. It holds defense. And it has a lack of discipline for outworking of integrity. And within pride is where addictions creep in of all kinds. When you have the posture of a prideful heart, addictions of any sort can come in. It actually says, too, that I don't need accountability. Or for me, I, I, I've gone through this um, being in church. Is sometimes you go, I, I can handle this bucket on my own. I, I can do this. Or I'm a leader in church. I'm a volunteer in church. So I've, I, I can't show that I don't have this on my own. So I've got I've to at least pick it up and try and sort it out by myself. Um, because people are looking, I've got to put on face, I've got, to, I've got to show that I've got it together, even though I'm really struggling with this addiction, but my pride steps in and says, no, I can handle this, I can handle this, I can move on from this, it's fine, it's fine, I have the willpower to do it, but in weakness we are made strong. So we have to acknowledge that and get rid of that pride in our hearts, and we have to uh, hand that over to Christ. And ultimately, this is the first sin that Satan was luring Adam and Eve. Satan was his, he was, I'm beautiful, look at me. Wonderful. And he said, I want to be like God. Pride is just a crutch of so many things. Third one. I'm going to move quickly through these. Um, it's hardships and trials. I believe that this one can really stamp out. We can go through so many situations that are not of our own doing. Like this life is difficult. Let's be real. There's things that happen in this life that are hard to go through. And they're by no means an effect of one of your choices. Look at the story of Job. I think if you go through any struggle or suffering or hardship, uh, that's the guy to look, look to. Have, a, have a, a, a posture in your heart like Job. Um, and I'll give you a, strip, uh, uh, a scripture here. It's James 1, um, verses 2 to 4. Did we put that up? Yeah. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenge come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try and get out of anything prematurely, but let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. I thoroughly believe, and I've witnessed this with um, my own mother that has gone through stuff that I could not imagine and I hope no one ever goes through. She is the biggest inspiration to my life about having a rock-solid foundation in Jesus Christ because there are so many things that she went through from 10 years old to now, just recently, that I go, how on earth can you be... Cr- be- proclaiming the healing power of Jesus, the loving power, the salvation of Jesus Christ through hardships. And I believe that some of the brightest lights are people that still proclaim the love of Jesus through hardship. Hardships can just so easily slip over 
our light. Like, big time. I'm going to move right along. Fourth one. Um, and I believe God wants to uh, shake some things up in this area. Is going through the motions. I just think it's just something that, in the, particularly in the Western culture, we can just get caught up in life, get caught up going through, uh, drop the kids off at school, make the lunches, do this, come home, check the box, go to, go to church on Sunday, tick, bang, 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 we go through this, and oh, I don't really have time to pursue my dreams or the things God's spoken to me about. Actually, I don't even, when it was the last time I read my Bible and just going along through the motions and we lose our fire and our zeal for God, I believe that is a pretty nasty bucket too. Um, because it's, it's hard to see it, right? Because we're just doing what's best within our hands. And let me tell you that it's good to be diligent with what God has put in your hands. But, like, I mean, this one, it's got some crusty stuff. It's a, it's a bad one. It's a sneaky one. Um, the fire just dwindles. It just slowly goes out. When you just go along with emotions, you don't keep the fire of God, the, the Spirit just stirring you up supernaturally. I believe that there are dreams here tonight that God wants to shake up from complacency and being content. Um, and I believe that going through the motions, I, I really believe God wants to shake that up. I really do. Um, and the fifth one, this is, I think this is the biggest and like hidden one. And I really want to, I'm, I'm running out of time here, but that's all right. I really want to talk about this. This is the, the biggest bucket, and I have walked through this in my life too, and I believe it's something that, the reason why I think it's difficult is because there's so little about it in the Bible. And the fifth big bucket, these are just ones again that God spoke to me about, is regret. Do you know that there's, there's nothing in the Bible about the word regret in the English translation? It just doesn't talk about Regret. I don't know about you, but regret, if you haven't experienced regret, it is a horrible emotion to have. Yeah? Can I get an amen from somebody who's experienced regret of, of small kind to the big kind? Regret is horrible. Um, and one of the things that I walked through in my life in the past, is I love the song, How He Loves. It's my favorite line out of so many church songs. It says, I don't have time to maintain these regrets when I think about the way He loves us. And I think that that's what I went through and God started speaking to me about this one is regret causes, it reminds us of the disappointment in our life. Maintaining regret without allowing it to run its course of action into repentance has the potential to hold you back longer, meaner, stronger, and more damaging than I think all the others. Because pride can be humbled by God or others, Right? You have moments where you go, oh, I just got tested, I realized, and you can resolve that. Fears can be overcome. Lots of people overcome fears. We can overcome fears through Christ. Regret can mislead you for years. You know you've been forgiven. You know you've made the best choice or the worst one, and there's nothing you can do about it now because it's literally in the past, and you're regretting something that you can't change at all. I honestly believe that God wants to rip regret off. And this is the most amazing thing that I read, that the closest word in Hebrew to the word regret, how cool is this, is repentance. So when regret is gripping your life, the closest word that we have is, is repentance in the Hebrew. It talks about repent, regret, repent. So when the devil wants to come and haunt you of something that has caused so much fear 
anxiety, stress, uh, bad decisions, something that you can never, never turn back around other than Christ doing that through you. He's calling you to repent of, of that motion. So from the moment we go, I, I've, got regret, I've got regret here and this is holding me back. But when we bring it to the foot of the cross in an empty tomb, when you repent that at the foot of Jesus, Immediately regret is turned into repentance. And what repentance means is turning away from and never going back to your old self. So regret now, when it reminds you of something, when the devil wants to make you regretful, you can immediately turn around and go, that's regret can be turned around instantly to be repenting and reminding you that I'm never going back to who I was because of the blood of Jesus in my life, because he bought me at the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate price. I now can come to and go into what God has called me to be. And these buckets just get kicked along the way so easily, right? We're just going to kick them together. That's it. Immediately, just kick them, get rid of them. God wants to remove these buckets from our lives. They're just, we're choosing to grab them and go, oh yeah, you know what? It feels good to be fearful. And we know, and we pulling it over our heads again. All we have to do is just, we just let go. We say the remedy, there's, what is, what is the remedy? And it is the love of Jesus Christ. It is so simple to let the love of Jesus Christ wash over you tonight. So on that light, I, I, just, I, I just pray that um, tonight, I really feel that we're going to go on a little bit of ministry time. And I just, just let the Spirit of God just touch you, just, from, just to show you and reveal things. It's different to condemnation. It's conviction. Let Him show you some stuff in, in your heart. Man, and when I was going through this, God was going, hey, you got to put that bucket down. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. Sorry. We pick them up so easily. We remind, we remind ourselves our past and all these different things. And I really believe that God wants to remove these buckets. Because in that, then our light will just shine automatically. It'll just happen. Can we um, get these lights off? I know I'm going over time here, but... So, an analogy that I saw a preacher do one time. I'm going to send Jason crazy. Um, So, because our light desk is not working right now, I can't turn all the lights out. Um, But I just want you to see... Can you, can you see the light from that? Not, not really. But I'm going to go here to the darkest part of the room. And you can immediately see the light on my hand, right? You can, you can see its effect. Only, only in the darkness. God didn't want you to just remove these buckets. He's already dealt with a bucket. He's already dealt with everything. But here, I can kind of see something. Reaching our world is just like that. The darkness is drawn to the light. The darkness has to obey the light. The darkness is immediately affected by light. Immediately bring this into the, in, in here and take it in a spiritual aspect that we're to be light. If we're just inside here every Sunday and all week focusing on stuff in here, then our dark world is going to stay dark. So we are to reach our world. We're actually to go out into the world, but if we got our buckets covering it, it's going to stay dark. We've got to remove these buckets, allow Jesus to remove these buckets. 
Why don't we get the worship team up here? I would love for you to just have that one thing that you take with you. Let's get rid of these ugly buckets in the name of Jesus, right? Let's, let's, just, let's just get these out of here. We don't need buckets. Look at that debris. Get out of here, dirty buckets. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. <laughs> I just want the Holy Spirit to kind of move with us naturally. Is that all right? Can we just open our hearts? We're going to go back into This honestly is one of my favorite worship songs. It's Tremble. So the real light of the world, our real power, the way that we've got this lighting up, is in the name of Jesus. It says that demons tremble, the darkness trembles at his name. That's amazing. I love, I love how the darkness has to obey. It shivers and shakes. So even, even though um, I, I, just, I feel like, um, like God is saying, you know, those, I love corporate church. I love it. Um, but I also love church in action out in the world. Um, my wife and I are so proud. That's what we do. And I would love for God to work on our hearts, just set some people free that have just been focusing and trying to grow our light. And if we're shining our light just in corporate world, we're never going to see the effect. The world is never just going to see the effect if we're shining our light on each other. It's good to encourage each other. Come here and get fueled up, get fired up. Go out into the world, into the darkness and have that effect. So let's stand. Let's go, let's go into that. Peace, bring it all to peace. Storms and rain.